Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian Seed, and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name is Brent. I'm your host. This is the show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. Today with me is my co-host, the ever-present, Nick. Why are mermen so useless, Gantner? Well, that's probably because the water maps disappear after, like, chapter 10. That's true. That's true. So today is a review episode, lucky for you guys, and we are talking the 1991 Sega Genesis classic, Warsong, also known as uh, Langrisser. Langrisser? I guess that's how you say that. I don't know. It is the first and last in that series to be released in North America. Um, we'll see why we might think that is later. But there's uh, virtually no information out there on this game. I don't know if a lot of people have played it, to be honest, uh, judging by just my general kind of scoping out uh opinions on it didn't find a lot really everything i looked up was like this is an underrated gem underrated classic all kinds of crap okay so like i i had never heard of it when i had a genesis so um me either but uh so if you're new here the way we do this is we break this into a few categories. We'll rate it one through five. We do a lot of half scores because Nick really fucked the system on really early on. So we just go with it. So the first category. Well, I mean, look, it's not a good system if it's not flexible. That's not that's not that's not true at all. Sure it is. You gotta be open to change. Aren't you like in the never mind. Never mind, never mind. Because I would think a mechanical engineer, in most cases, would think, uh, well, I guess that depends. Because some things you do want a bit of stretch in, right? You don't want everything to have no tinsel. Well, yeah, because if, like, take ceramics. If they're too brittle, then you put any force on them, they'll shatter. So they have to have a bit of elasticity in them. Just like my will. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the first category we always talk about is gameplay. Okay, so... This is a tactical role-playing game um, as part of that subgenre. I would say it's more strategy game with a slight seasoning of RPG on it, really. Um, if I were to describe it to somebody, I'd say uh, you took the you took a part of Fire Emblem and you take a part of Advance Wars and combine it. Except, well, except this was first. Well, I know, but if, if somebody, somebody nowadays who... Those are, I would say, arguably more popular... 
Oh, absolutely. Um, series and especially in America where they were actually got releases. Yeah. Uh, so people were more familiar with it, and then so if you were to harken back on it, say this is what it would be comparable to, even though this is a precursor to that. Yes. Yeah, so, um, gameplay: the battle system essentially takes place place on a grid-based map, um, really similar to, like you said, a Fire Emblem or Advanced Wars. There's different types of terrain with different defensibilities, different movement um, allowances on there. Um, you have your main general units, and they each are supported by up to eight troops that you choose uh, prior to entering combat. And those troops are limited based on your funds available, um, the class of the general, and uh, I think that's about it. Um, so uh, it's kind of really basic. There's not a ton of player troop types, but there are enough to make it feel like you're making choices, um, even though there is a bit of randomness in the uh, actual combat statistics that can kind of fuck with you sometimes but uh what are the i mean what are the core units that you ended up using most i mean the commanders or the, the just like the, the just recruitable the, just the, soldiers just either or like uh, so i mean how many commanders are there there's not that many commanders there's like there's one eight two controllable commanders okay. that you get on a team but there's throughout the game there are characters that are commanders that either like just die or they're npcs or whatever mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, well, I guess technically you get nine because uh, spoilers, your Dragon unit, Balderov or whatever, dies. Yeah. Uh, so then you like the characters in this game kind of suck because like okay. you only have like three unique characters and then the rest are like clones. Yeah. Well, the, the so, so like you so I feel like you have your main sort of so you got like uh, Garrett, Mina, I'd say. Uh, Callius and Sabra, maybe even Tiberian, like they're they're each unique enough in their own. But then you have this this supporting like three or four characters that are all essentially the same guy. And Sabra is only different because she could become a Dragon Knight where the others can't, and she can ultimately become a Ranger as well. But so can Callus. Uh, but like uh, Sabra and Mina, and Mina. But Mina, you really want as a saint. So that that kind of moves us to the, the the RPG spice on this is the uh, kind of character progression. So you have the main character, your general units, which you can equip items to to boost their stats prior to combat. Um, and you also, as they reach level ten, they can change their class, right? And unlock different units, and it it, it has some sort of rudimentary effect on their their um, combat combat prowess, but it's not immediately reflected in statistics or any way that you can see you just know they're more powerful after you've leveled them up uh well no like as far as i could tell leveling up uh, unless you're a yeah, magic it character it, does it, nothing no it when does you hit level five your magic spells get in pre like increased range mm-hmm. um yeah. but that's but, about it but, but when it, you class change your stats get boosted no it, it leveling up does it just not it's not apparent it doesn't show up on the stat screen like it's 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 their hidden stats because and it even same goes for your um your soldier units like while they're um they will essentially level up with you even though the stats you're given at the beginning of the battle don't change a say level nine soldier will completely wreck a level two soldier 
if you follow what I'm saying. Like they're they're yeah. they're hidden statistics. It's not shown to you. It's it's really not apparent. Um, but the effect is there. Um, but so uh, when they turn level ten, you get this kind of branching path, and you can. Uh, choose their next class and sort of change their class. So they each character kind of has like a double forking path and it's really similar to Shining Force, um, even Fire Emblem. Um, but it, instead of you using an item to progress them at a certain point, it happens automatically when they turn level 10. Um, so, I mean, uh, your main character could become like a king. You know, we talked about the Saint, Dragon Knight classes. You know, there's there's... there's not a ton of classes, but again, I there's enough that I feel um, suffices. So, I mean, how did you feel in general about the character progression system? Uh, I thought it was basic as fuck. I mean, and it is. Like, I guess for Sega Genesis, I can't really complain too much, but I feel like they could have had... Like, not so many clone units. Like, Bayard, Carleon, Lance, and Thorn are pretty much all the same character. Yes. Or, I mean, not Lance, but uh, those first three. Because Lance is a Dragonite. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, they're pretty much the same character. And then you can, like, fuck up your characters. Like, you can make Tiburon a goddamn crocodile knight, and then he's just a waste, or a serpent knight, or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. And he's a waste of space yeah. for the rest of the game. Like, okay. Um, and then the soldiers you get, you can pick from the troops or whatever, like you, each character can have like a max of three, but you have no indication unless, like, unless you experience it in the game yourself. So it's like personal experience. Like there's no indication to, maybe it's in the manual of like the, like a weapon triangle, like archers um, are good against it is, horsemen, which are good against soldiers It is in the, um, the dial, a dialogue in one of the first maps. Where he tells you that the uh, cavalry use them against infantry, but watch out for archers because they'll they'll fuck them up. Like your sword guy tells you that. That's about three of the like eight you can. Yeah, I mean, but that's the main triangle. Like outside of that, it's really how they affect against against monster units, really, because they don't really tell you anything about the monster units, which end up being all that you're fighting after, say. Thank you, train. Uh, after, what would you say, map 12, 13? Um, yeah, probably. Whenever the. Uh, after you get the war song the reveal. Song, yeah. Yeah. Like, then it's all just monster units, and they don't really tell you anything about that. Because, uh, funnily enough, the uh, the little guardian units that your mage get are, like, really good against lizardmen and slimes. Like,. That's really weird. Well, that I noticed at the very first map because Carlay, or Calais would like whoop ass against the Serpent Knight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how the hell is she doing so good? Speaking of, whenever we get to talk about the fucking map, holy fuck, that first map, like this whole yeah. game. We'll, like, we'll, we'll get there. It's the it's the it's the last in the in the. We'll, we can talk about difficulty. Let's talk about difficulty. Um, okay. It, the game wasn't difficult. It was. It's brutal. More, it's. It I ravages it was difficult. you. What the fuck? No, like I didn't have any. Oh god. Like, it was, my difficulty was only with uh, absence of information. Like yeah. the first map, they're like, I died like four times because I'm like, where the fuck do I go? Like, do I go over the bridge and like try to fight my way through these dudes? Yeah, I'm with like, you obviously, there. I'm not gonna go over to the other side with the fucking 
uh, dudes that just wrecked that Swordmaster chick. Okay. Like, people are getting fucking raped. So I'm like, I finally, I was like, maybe, maybe I go to one of these, uh, like, paths at the end of a fucking mm-hmm. road. Like, but, like, it's not apparent. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, escape the castle. Good luck. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Okay. So you're right there where it's, this is really early, like, tactical RPG where they give you, the, the, to them, you know, to a game developer, it's like, you got to escape. We'll go to the end of the road. But we know that's not good game design. You should say you should go to this square or this square or at the beginning, like, make it marked as part of your battle objectives. For, but for me, this game, because I made a mistake and I refused to start over, okay? I did two things wrong because... Um, did you let somebody die? No. But I did murder the first, what, three maps with the Swordmaster before I realized he wasn't getting any experience, and then he died. Oh, yeah. So Garrett wasn't even promoted when the sword guy was dead. Wow. Now, I had my Garrett promoted to uh, a knight on uh, Chapter 3. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. I wasn't Which even close. Which apparently was the bad path. I should have went king or whatever, but... I like the night. I think they they both work pretty well. Um, I think just the the magic's a little bit overpowered, but to me, I think the game is is rather difficult in the a tedium of it and the b randomness of it, because even though you know, say, uh, your horse guys, your cavalry are going to be good against regular infantry, like. There are random times where it just doesn't work. Like, I w- comparable levels would hit infantry with cavalry and get brutalized for some reason. Um, that is because I think it uses the same kind of system that Advanced Wars uses. And since I played all the Advanced Wars games, I was kind of familiar with it. Like, there's well, a, yeah. like there's you have your rating, and then there's a behind-the-scene die roll, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. where uh, if... Like, I guess it adds that into the calculation in some way. So, like, you could your characters could be, like, a, a 10 normally, and then their soldiers could be, like, an 8 or whatever the, the numbers are. Yeah. But then the, the die roll gets rolled, and you roll a 1, and they roll, like, a 5 or some bullshit. And then so that added power somehow, demol- like, offsets the unbalancedness of it mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And so um, since I did miss – because technically there's a finite amount of experience in the game, even though you can – uh, I guess cheat. cheat your way into a map select. Like it feels like a feature that was unfinished, but they left it there for debug purposes, right? Because essentially that's what you're doing is debugging previous maps at, at uh, higher levels, which I didn't want to use. I had made my choices. Like I'm sticking with them. I, like, and since my, I was under leveled, like I had to really start like dialing back each turn and paying attention to what I'm doing. And, so I ended up in this situation where my generals, by far, are your more powerful, most powerful units. But if they die, they are gone forever, right? Just they're gone, and all their soldiers on the map disappear as well. So you have to, you like, there was this balance where it's like, well, the only way I'm going to win is by hitting their generals with my generals, and sometimes. That went very badly. Like, there would, it would be, I hit him, and then he goes down to like two, and then would come back from two all the way to kill my general. Like, what the fuck is that? It's bullshit, is what it is. But it 
it ended up in a lot of a lot of restarts and a lot of frustration. Um, so, and uh, lastly, you know, we cover progression. We cover different character types. Like, there's not a lot of variance. Like you said, there are the three or four filler characters. So, um, overall, what are some some pros and cons about the gameplay uh, in this game, Nick? What are some things you liked you didn't like? All right. So for the pros. Um, I will say, like, they developed a good foundation for, like, their sequels that they can build upon. So, like, the whole terrain affecting your defenses, like, on the basic weapon triangle type of thing, um, like, differences between characters, like, you have, like, mage character, knight character, whatever, like, some rudimentary magic, and all that's, uh, well and fine, um, that's really all I gotta say. Pause about the gameplay. Like it's because it's generic strategy gameplay. Okay. Really. Now, the shit I fucking hated about it um, is I've very I very quickly learned that having a hundred fucking units on the map, no bueno. Nobody wants that. Like you, you spend. I would say fully half of half half of the game. Like gameplay is watching little fucking units move across the screen. Oh, God. Like, like all right, like, so... There's a fucking eight... If, if, you do, if you choose to bring in eight soldiers for all of your eight fucking commanders or whatever, and not, not every map you have all access to all your commanders. Sometimes you only get, like, use four of them. Sometimes you mm-hmm. use six or whatever. But if you max out, like, somehow you're doing really great with all your money management and you max out, that's still... Uh, let's say eight times eight, 64... Mm-hmm. Like at sixty-four units, you have to move. No, plus plus the eight. Well, you can move the general, and they will try and keep up with the general. But their formation of doing that is the is atrocious because because the AI is bad. Yeah, because the units heal whenever they the turn starts and they're next to a general, but they always form like counter spaces. Like they want to form this diamond for some reason. I guess giving the most defensible spaces around the the commander or something, but it's really dumb. Like, because if I just want to keep moving up the field and want my guys to automatically follow me, I would like the, them to be smart enough that if they've got, you know, half their units remaining, that you'd start next to the fucking general. But no, you're right. It is the certain level of tedium there. Until I figured you can put that shit on manual, the amount of times, like... I lost a bunch of units because my formation got fucked. Because, like, you know, you'd think you just you have units that can move, oh, yeah. and, you're, and you're like, all right, end turn. And then all of a sudden, like, I didn't know what the fuck was happening the first couple times. Like, I'd end turn, and my units would just suddenly move out of fucking space and then open up a direct path to my commander or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is this a glitch? I don't know what the fuck's happening. And then I realized, like, it's, there's the command setting or whatever where it's set to move in a formation because I saw that it was moving in a diamond shape. And I'm like, this is the dumbest... This is the dumbest. This is the dumbest fucking thing I could ever think to add to a game. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, holy that. That was my biggest pet peeve. Okay. Like that whole fucking thing. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? Um. Yeah, like how easily exploitable the AI is. Okay. So if you get an enemy unit below uh like a commander like below or i think it's at seven or below health they won't attack you they'll heal themselves mm-hmm. and uh the enemy actual soldiers um if you get them below a certain health point they will retreat and stand next to the commander and heal yep and you can kind of exploit that 
uh, like not like for farming for experience because you only get experience when you actually kill something. Uh, but if you weaken something enough, like if they're putting a bunch of pressure on you, you weaken it enough, it backs the fuck up. Then you can further kind of like either retreat or like if you add a um, fuck. I can't remember what the hell the proper term is, but like a, a stop gap, like a, a hole where you're trying to plug it. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Okay. Like a corridor, I guess. Yeah, like that, if you've got a corridor, you can kind of like... A bottleneck? Yeah, bottleneck. There you go. You can bottleneck shit or like re- like change your strategy or like maybe adjust things. And um, So that was kind of cool, especially if you have like mages, you can blow them up. Cause it's like, but it's the fact that the AI... like. There were times where if the AI had rushed me with all their units, I would have fucking got game over. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm just going to back off. Like, yeah. it's not it's not strong, intelligent AI. Okay. It's, it's also Sega Genesis, so whatever. And it's early Sega Genesis. you got to remember that. Like, this, yeah. is, this is 91. This is this is long before we started seeing uh, tactical RPGs with, with really, you know, clever things in it. This is... This is prototypical. Like you see a lot of things that you would later see in games like, like, uh, like Shining Force or Fire Emblem. Like there were so many things in this game that just reminded me of Fire Emblem. Um, like to me, this game was Fire Emblem, like with twice the difficulty and half the plot, essentially. And uh, it it uh, to me though, it, I kind of had fun with it. Now I will acknowledge the AI was a little dumb. But I forgive it because it it's such an early game. Like I can't really think of anybody that wasn't getting that didn't have if where the AI was either random or easily exploitable. Because I mean, come on, how many how many branching paths of AI thought are you going to put in that thing? Especially something, especially when that cart is having to handle sixty four units on each side on the screen. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was a little uh, it was a little frustrating. But I ultimately forgave it. Uh, I liked. That, you know, you think about it, I had to use more different types of strategy in this game than I do in other um, strategy RPGs. Because the other strategy RPGs, like you think of like a Fire Emblem and Advanced Wars or even a Shining Force, like you kind of get this this murder ball kind of mentality ends up being the best strategy, right? You just kind of, this guy, then this guy, then this guy, just kind of murder ball your way across the map and take care of everything. But, uh... A lot of the starting positions, the assault sort of where you're assaulting from or defending from didn't really leave that as an option. Plus, the sheer mass of soldiers on the field wouldn't allow you to kind of swarm one thing after another. So you had to kind of play uh, really tactically and you had to really um, strategically move. And you're, you know, you're, you are micromanaging a ton of little units and it is tedious, but uh, it was fun for the first, you know, 10 maps. And then it's like, okay, 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 let's just get this going. But you think it's a 30-hour game. There's no real interludes between maps. Like, there, you, you get a little dialogue here and there, not not minutes upon minutes of dialogue, and it's still a 30-hour game because each map is like each battle, you can count on being there for an hour. Like, it's not... A simple proposition like you're gonna sit down you're going to war fucking get 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 your big boy pants on it's time to go so um that that part of it like i kind of enjoyed but i kind of also hated because there were times where i just wanted to throw my controller across the room like the number of times i shouted out loud are you fucking kidding me is probably more than i have thus far 
in this show's history. Um, so there's that. Things I didn't care for so much is uh, the randomness of it. Like, there's just the randomness of the battle was just not... Like, you tell me this thing's going to work, but then, you know, you have that behind-the-scenes die roll and something that should have been a wash or a murder scene, just I end up getting butt-fucked? No thank you. That's stupid. Pass. So, but I think other than that, you pretty cover, pretty much covered it. If you're going to rate this bad boy, what are you going to give it? For gameplay, I'm giving it like a two. Oh, wow, really? Yep. Man. I don't know. I is early for me. I had fun, like, the first time... When we decided on the game and I was going through and playing a little snippet of each game to know what I was ready for this year, I ended up playing it for a couple hours before I, you know, realized I was spending way too much time on it. I need to play whatever it was. I think it was Snatcher. So, um, it's the type of gameplay I really enjoy. Like, so, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I liked it. I had fun. So uh, we're going to take a quick uh, musical break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about story. Why don't you summarize the uh, ever so tepid plot that we have before us? All right. So essentially, uh, life is great. Then your kingdom gets attacked. Your king, uh, your father, sends you to go get reinforcements from a neighboring kingdom. Uh, you come back. It's too late. Um, we find out that uh, War Song, this magical sword, uh, has been protecting things like keeping the balance. So you have to go get it back. 
Uh, they'd find out that uh, like evil was in the past, uh, like kind of put into the sword. That's where it gets its power from. Uh, and then the mystical evil chaos comes out, and you have to stop the evil. And, and then you find out that the evil was actually come come out to keep the balance between chaos and order. And then you beat the game. That's basically it. That's uh. It's sad when you get most of the like the narrative, like the plot, uh, not from like characters communicating, but like the pre-battle like uh, information screen. Like, and oh, some this of battle. Them, some of them don't even give you that. Like, where the fuck did Mina come from? Dude, I, you know, I was wondering that. It's like she just Garrett, fucking like, shows Garrett's, up. Garrett's looking for like reinforcements, and he's got time to escort this random ass refugee refugee chick, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm keeping you. Oh no, it's not a big deal. It's not like my." hometown castle is being fucking destroyed right now like let's escort you yeah no it it in the 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 story is kind of like i said tepid i mean it's it's appropriate of the time like you know there's there's this it's it's political intrigue with with devil underplot essentially you know um something that we would it's a trope that we would see expanded much better in later iterations of of uh just games in general but uh you know it it's just kind of not like there's the dialogue's not there there's not a whole lot of uh really interesting scenes the interactions between the characters are kind of bland like just like ah we have to help them or i know your father or you're great you should be our our hero like it's just not yeah, I was so upset. Well, not like upset, but like kind of perturbed by the dialogue and the the way that the plot was going. That I like when I was researching, uh, it's not actually the people that did the localization's fault. It's this bad in the Japanese version as well. Uh, well, so that, uh, yeah. it's not a thing. So can't even blame it on localization, guys. It's just not good. So uh, there's yeah, like not a lot to story. Um, do you really have anything that particularly worked or particularly didn't work other than it's just, there's not a whole lot here. Uh, not really. Like I thought it was cool that you, uh, got to summon that like uh, fire spirit thing and it fought the dragon. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, was a cool thing, but like the ramp up was kind of cool. Like moving from like these, you know, army battles to fighting like demon dragon monsters. Like that was all fine. And added a level of like awesome, but I don't think that level of awesome came so much from the story as it will from our next category in in the visuals, really. So that's true. Uh, so I uh, thought it yeah. contributed to something positive. Yeah, uh, story thing. story for me is a solid solid one. Were you giving it? It's also getting a one from me. What are normally is normally our longest segment uh, is our shortest segment this week as we take another musical break and move on to visuals.
So, uh, you know, it's this, this is 16-bit Sega Genesis at its, uh, at its core. Uh, I mean, I thought uh, most of the graphics were okay. Um, the portraits looked good. Um, some of the little character sprites on the map, other than the generals, were really kind of hard to tell really what was going on there. They were distinct enough, but really not totally awesome. Um, the maps look cool. Uh, a lot of the backgrounds in the uh, combat scenes were interesting, even if you had to look at them 20 million times in one, one fight. Um, the Each of the generals looked unique, I guess, except for the four just go again guys. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, what about you? What it, what is this some what are some things that really stood out to you as a as a plus as far as how the game looked? Um, I liked that even though some of the characters uh reused the same sprites, like the heads look different mm-hmm. sometimes. So that was kind of cool. Like you could tell Garrett apart from uh like Thorn or whatever. Uh, if you needed to, so that was, I mean, that's cool, I guess, but, uh, like the big thing for me is the in battle sprites. Yeah. The, that all looks really good. It's like they, that's where they spent most of their budget on or whatever. Like the, the dragon versus the Efreet was pretty fun to watch, uh, for the short time you got, but I mean, you see the same shit happening cause you can't skip uh, in battle uh, or you can't speed it up. You can't, uh, do anything. So you see the same, like, Spears getting chucked, the same like uh, wind slash lines or whatever the fuck is happening when that shit happens that are getting thrown from the hero character, the same javelins being thrown. It's and then like the same little fucking ten dudes or however many are left moving back and forth and dancing with each other and then dying off. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean it's yeah, like what they had, I think was put together pretty well it's just there's so much of the same that what you're looking at also falls into the tedium that parts of the gameplay did which is unfortunate because they did okay they did good with what they had i guess but like what they had wasn't necessarily bad it's just that you get so much of the same thing over and over and over again that you know, it's like, okay, another castle. I did like how they managed to um, meld together two, any two terrains, right? So they had to have had that scripted transition uh, for those backgrounds. So, like, if you're going from water to castle, or from ground to castle, or from castle to street, or all the different uh, things that you could be attacking or defending from, they sort of had that all really well represented in each of the, the combat screens. Um had, without it being just two images kind of mashed together, obviously, um, I think looked uh, pretty rad. So there's that. They got that going for them. Yeah, like for what they did, they did really good. But it's it's like you said, it's just the whole. The, I feel like the whole game is it should have been called Tedium because everything just it's cool the first time, the fiftieth time. Okay, whatever. It's about. I want to say this game is about 12 hours too long. If, like, the game was as long as you taking back the castle, really, 
like, and you cut off, like, the weird dragon demon subplot part. I understand that's, like, 90% of the story, but if you made that first, like, recapturing the castle more interesting, then I think the game would have more... Like, you would be finishing the game before you get tired of seeing the same shit over and over again. I would rather us been sitting here talking, wishing for more, than talking about having to look at the same thing a million times. I agree with you. But so. I can say, if you're ever interested in playing uh, the unreleased Japanese ones, there's unofficial fan translations, and they are... You can definitely tell that they've improved what they've been doing. I'm sure. So. Like, they laid solid groundwork for for almost what feels like an entire subgenre of RPGs here. Like, there are little bits of everything here that you see um, done much better in titles that did make it to North America. So I can only imagine what the the series did become in Japan. Um, I can only extrapolate in my mind. But, you know, like, there's there's so many cornerstones of things in the, genre, the, the subgenre that are here. They're represented here. So, visuals, score it for me. Uh, 2.5, I guess. Oh, uh, a quick little, I guess, uh, trivia. They changed the portraits from the Japanese version to this one when they... The oh, interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if I can find the old ones. Do they look better or they just look different? Um, it's the whole Americanization thing where they're more, uh, definitely more a- like anime looking in Japan. And then over here it's more like Western looking, yeah, like, like the box can, art, like they did with Suikoden oh. sort of. Yeah. Cause we can, the box art is pure late eighties, early nineties, romantic fantasy, just goodness. It's just, yeah. it's just Fabio with a sword and lightning strikes. It's just, it's just amazing. I love every minute of it. So, uh, visuals. You know, I think I'll sit with you at a 2.5. Like, it's it's below par. Not terribly so, though. Uh, music? Muse, music? What the fuck is that? Music and... Music! Uh, music. Uh, every, the music was composed by Noriyuki Iwadare and Isao Mizuguchi. I hope I said those right. I don't, I'm terrible at Japanese names. I should really leave them to you. Um... And the former, the Iwadare character guy, uh, we know him from Grandia and Lunar, I believe, uh, or part yeah, of his Lunar, inter- Silver Star, and Eternal Blue. And he's also done Radiata Stories. Radiata one of my Stories. Personal, personal favorite PS2 games. All right, so um, a guy with some pedigree. Uh, I guess he got better later in life. No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good. That's probably one of his first games he composed yeah, for. I yeah, think. probably. It, no, because he did some arcade stuff before this, I think, if I was looking at this thing, right? doesn't really matter. There's only roughly 12 tracks in this game. There are three unused tracks on the cart that can be accessed through the, like, a soundboard, sort of like debug soundboard thing, um, that are interesting, but I didn't choose to pick any of them because they're not actually in the game. So, uh... My first pick, which you heard after the gameplay segment, is the title the title screen theme. Probably the best track in the game. Um, and for my second pick, which you will hear after this segment, uh, I picked uh, Player Phase 3, which is once you've kind of got into like the uh, 
the more epic part of the story. That's what you what you get during your during your uh, player phases. There. What are your picks? Uh, my picks were the same picks that you picked, Brent. <laughs> but uh, so I obviously had to get back to the drawing board and settle for like sloppy seconds or whatever. Um, so I guess the first one we're probably gonna listen to is the first uh, player phase song you get. Um, That's up after after story. So it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty catchy. Like the player stuff is definitely better than the enemy stuff, in my opinion. Brent apparently likes like the hard rock sound, whatever the fuck they're doing, but it sounds yeah. way too harsh to me. So on the not really on, fan. Well, the, the Genesis is hard to is like a, is it's not everyone's cup of tea when it comes to its sound card and what they had in the the carts and everything. Um, it it emulates poorly, so when people listen to it. Um, emulated it really doesn't translate well but the like the hard rock sort of soundtracks on the genesis I always really like they're just really hard to capture and and emulate and make sound good here unless i hook the genesis up put war song in it and record it directly from the genesis um so it, it i like them i can understand why people don't like them what was your second pick which we'll um listen to after replayability uh second pick is going to be the Second player phase uh, music you get, like because there's, there's there's like twelve songs on this OST and well like I, I hesitate to say songs because I've got like shit like uh, the ending music which is like eighteen seconds or whatever like if you get game over yeah. uh, and then like other random shit like so again with the whole tedium thing like they use the same shit over and over again yeah so I'm rated it a two point five uh, it's it's not bad. There's not a lot there. It's I've heard better. I you hear better on the Genesis. Um, so two point five. What are you giving it? Um, I'm gonna give it a three because I didn't think anything I listened to was like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and on first listening, you're like, okay, this is not this is not bad. It's just that it's becomes grating because you hear it so much. Yeah, it's that it's that tedium we talk about. So. Uh... Let's take another quick musical break. If we come back, we will talk about overall experience and replayability.
like I say in every review, overall experience for me is an expectations versus reward type situation, okay? And I had very low expectations going into the game. I hadn't heard much about it. It showed up on the the vote thing when we were picking um, games, um, and we chose it because it looked obscure and weird, and I think we kind of like playing obscure, weird shit on the show. And uh, like I said, I, I first picked it up. I played it really nonstop for a few hours there, and I was really looking forward to us finally getting to this so much so that I mistaken its place in the order. We were actually supposed to do Septericor this time and then Warsong next, but oh well. Uh, um, so, uh, and I, I had tons of fun for like the first 12 maps. Even though it was difficult, it wasn't a truly miserable experience um, like I've had before, but it did get really boring and super tedious as my lack it, that that first three maps of missing experience became more and more apparent and the further i end up in it the more hours i had to if i was going to restart which i didn't have time for that wasn't going to happen so um i can understand if you were to play this game and say take it like a like a platformer where you play until you run out of lives and then there's only no choice but to kind of restart over again and get better each time you play it and subsequent you know kind of playing so you kind of understand the previous maps a little better and you perform a little better and that kind of thing I could see I could see how that would work for you um but that wasn't happening here this was one playthrough uh, determination in play and so but that did kind of ultimately end up co coloring my experience because not only was the game increasingly difficult um frustrating in a way where I know my strategy sound but the game's kind of breaking it for me and the fact that it's just the same over and over and over again like you know um you, you start a map and you pick eight mermen for the for the guy because it's a new unit and then they're utterly worthless other than the fact that they can travel across water first and get killed first whoop de freaking do um and they had long battles as it is. I didn't need halfway through a battle for more units to show up or water monsters to show up or all these other things to show up to already kind of throw a wrench in my already kind of laid in, in stone strategies. So overall, I, it came out to be a middling experience for me. So I'm just going to give it a three. Where you at, Nick? Um, I did not enjoy this game very much at all. Um, like, as I stated earlier, when it started, having, like, that no direction, like, I'm used to not having direction in games I play, uh, nowadays, but, um, you're not, I guess, set up for failure as bad as this. Um, because I think the way that they wanted you to go, like, the first map is, like, somehow go over the castle walls to get to the exit. Mm-hmm. But that's not made apparent, because who logically is like, I'm going to jump off the castle walls into the moat and then, you know, go to the exit. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Most people will first be like, okay, well, there's a bridge there that I can cross to get to the exit, so I have to go through the bridge, but there's a bunch of people fighting over there. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, kind of thing. I would um, like to add on that first map, 
the like in your pre battle kind of planning uh menu the controls and selection are so awkward and unintuitive the first time i played that map i had no idea i could give soldiers to each each dude like that i didn't even know that was a thing i could do so yeah speaking of uh like again that's what the whole i like like i say maybe it's all in the manual i haven't looked at the manual uh, we play most of these games without looking at the manual. Like, I think Alex was the first one that looked at a manual for games. That's probably true. For fucking, uh... Well, because Star Tropics... Uh, yeah, Star Tropics. Well, because Star Tropics had a unique thing that we knew we were going to talk about in that manual with in regards to the puzzle solving and the in the story. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So. Um, yeah, so I guess just the lack of information being presented to you. Because I feel like in... Like other games can get away with it in this time period because they were platformers or they were RPGs, and uh, you don't need to have mechanics explained to you because you're kind of intuitive. Mm-hmm. In this, with the with it being, I would almost wager like a brand new genre to a lot of people, uh, not explaining what like what the fuck is happening. Incredibly like a, complex genre for this era in gaming, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think in the UI, what, uh, when you're fighting, like in the middle of the screen, it says something like increase grade. And yeah. I'm like, I don't, I still don't know what the fuck that means. I have no idea what that means either. Like there's percentage, uh, like uh, maybe it's the, uh, like defense. Like I assumed it's the defense you get from whatever tile you're standing on, but I still have nothing, no idea what the hell the grade's supposed to mean. Yeah. Uh, and then like when you kill an, uh, a unit or, or like, you lose a unit, like you get one of those X's under your experience bar, like the... Like the sword icon or whatever. Like, I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Like, okay, whatever. Um, so that was my, that's my biggest gripe, really. Uh, lack of information. And then, like, I, I didn't fall into the same trap as you because I saw that the dude was getting experience. And I'm like, obviously, I'm not going to use this character. So I didn't struggle as much. Uh, and I felt like... The way I played the game, most of it was setting my units up like in a defensive cordon, letting the enemies come over or trapping them in a way so they could only be exposed. Like one, only one of their units would have hit one of my units, and then I kind of surround them and just fucking take them out, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I didn't really find it that difficult. Again, like when you can exploit the AI or you have an understanding of what they would do. Uh, like if you're trying to pr- uh, drive some forces back, you send one of your dudes up, knock them down low, and they'll back off. Kind of thing, um, but I guess I could see how with you lacking experience, like the EXP that you need to actually get stronger, is going to make the game way, way, way more difficult than it should be. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't really. This is one of those games I don't understand the hype. I don't understand how people are like. Well, well, this you is can, one of the you best can, games. You can look up any rare game or kind of uncommon game, and it's going to show up on an underrated gym list somewhere. Like, that's just that's just somebody's way of going, I know about a game that you don't know about. Like, Well, no, like, I mean, like, I check game facts, and there's, yeah. like, 20, well, like, 15 reviews, and, like... The people that are fans of this most game... Most of them are five stars. Yeah, like, the fans of this game are, like, rabid fans of this game, and they understand all the mechanics all the time like if you read some of the like walkthroughs and faqs on this game like they are incredibly in depth like 
you want to place your troops here and then here and then like this and then like this because of this and this and this like holy crap it's it's legit so it might be a kind of a cultish game sure. uh i would assume so because i uh, i do not see this having mass market appeal no certainly not at all so uh my overall score is going to be a two okay because it, it is playable um it's just not i did not enjoy it yep. which is a shame because i love tactics and strategy games absolutely so let's um talk about next favorite category replayability uh how do you feel about the replayability of this game i feel there is very minor replayability and it doesn't Okay, so what I mean by that is you can pick a different route for your character class change. Mm-hmm. Really. Like that's really the only thing you can do differently. Like maybe try different formations of characters, but like I feel like if you've beaten it once you're gonna just try to do it you did it again. Yeah. Just just in a, with different character types, so or class types or whatever. Uh and it's not something that I would ever want to invest another thirty plus hours in to sit through. Uh, kudos to the people that enjoy it so much that they can. Uh, but for this is definitely, I feel like a you've played you've played it once, gotten through it, Godspeed. Uh, you should probably you probably would never feel like playing it ever again. Okay, so will you rate replayability for me? A one. A one. That's savage. Um, for me, I feel like if this game is your cup of tea. And it's not the tedium that me and Nick feel like it is. And, like, you like micromanaging all your little units. Like, you're the kind of person that will assemble, like, these big uh, armies for, like, you know, tabletop wargaming. Like, if you're that kind of person, you like to do the whole thing, then this game can be quite enjoyable for you to play again. Especially if you want to, you know, like you said, try different uh, general paths. Because I feel like... The difference in those, some of those can be so stark that um, it would completely alter your strategy. So, like, cause I can't imagine a few of those maps if I had taken Sabra down the, like, Saint path instead of the Dragon Knight path. Like, that to me blows my mind. Um, or or even Celestia if I had taken her down a heel path instead of a, a Warlock path. Like, I, I can imagine it would, it would change my strategy greatly. Um... But, uh, you know, it's it's not so much so that, you know, we're not talking alternate endings. We're not talking, uh, you know, missable characters or all these sort of huge missable kind of like hallmarks of RPGs um, that make them games feel replayable to me. But, again, if it's... I can't help but feel due to the rabid cultish nature of uh, the fan base for this game that... If it is your cup of tea, it must be infinitely replayable, but it's not for me. So um, I give it like a like a three in replayability. Like I could see myself playing it again in the distant future. Like once uh, the the stagnation of all that has faded, I could see myself playing it again. So that's a three. All right. Well, I, pr- I promise you, you play one of the sequels in the series, and you will never want to play this one ever again. That's probably fair, but I haven't, so this is just... I'm just saying if. I know. I know you're saying if. I know you're saying if. So, uh, 
if we'd had another good song to play, we'd play it here, but we don't, so we're playing Player Phase 2, then we'll come back for some listener questions. Every week, uh, I task the Discord with some questions here. Let me pull this over to the screen so I'm not talking weird. Um, yeah, if you're not in the Discord, guys, you really got to get there. This is where we do most of our kind of interaction stuff. So if you feel like you're missing out on on something, then Discord it up, brother. It's totally easy. We're totally nice, except for Nick. All right. Hey, now. That's mm-hmm. true. That's probably true. All right. First up is C10 with the How is the Enemy AI? I think we covered that in depth. Um, uh, he does follow up. Are you interested in playing any more games from the Langrisser series after this one? I would say yes. Um, I'm hesitant with fan translations for the show because they're not they're often not perfect. And sometimes they're they're better than the original translation. So it's like you get this wide um varying scope in fan translations and so there's you can't really get a grasp on if it's the official way the story was intended to come across but it's not something that i i i'll say 100 percent no on which i believe is a shift from my original uh, stance on that even though i think we have so many great games to play before we even consider like fan translations you know what I'm saying? We can make this. We can make a whole year out of it eventually, one day if we have to, or something. Yeah, like that. That's not a bad idea. Like, uh, like spend a year on games that didn't make it over. You know, um, play fan translations. That's not. That's not terrible. But I mean, like, just even our brief discussion of season four um, games, like 
we got to the end and almost scrapped the whole thing because there were like 30 more games that we wanted to put on the list, but we can't because we can only play like 12 or 30, 12 games in a year, you know? It's like, come on. So uh, to, to even think about finding like the best fan translation to play on a game right now is just not, not even the books for me. But we start seeing some official releases on those bad boys, like coming to like the PlayStation Store or something like that. Yeah, I think I'd be in. Um, well, even just, uh, I would say, as a, something if you wanted to ever do it in your free time, just to see what it's like, I... What what was that word? They, Did you say free time? Yeah, I yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but... Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe one day you've got, like, uh, an hour or something. Like, I would say the, the other Landgrisser games only get better from here. So, yeah. I remember playing Dur Landgrisser, because they actually re-released... Landgrisser 2, and they updated it. I think it's called Their Landgrisser. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the little bit I played of it. I would give that game a five out of five. It's yeah, like I, I mean, I heard like like just in my cursory searches of it, like apparently like the fourth one's incredibly popular. Um, so I mean, the, the I mean, it's obviously a pretty popular title in Japan. So and there's very large fan translation communities for them. So. Um, alright, Blaine comes in with the only thing I know about Warsong, it's pretty pricey and quite possibly the last game for Genesis I want. He did go on later to ask if he should buy it. Now, what I saw online, as far as the price goes, you're looking at, what, like, 70 bucks, complete in box? I would not pay that much. Uh, it is, it would be cool to have it as part of your collection, because it is, I would say it's so unique. In, in the time period, you know, um, even though you do get, you know, Shining Force on the same system, um, it's different enough, and it's kind of cool, like, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it even feels kind of like Dragon force really, with, like, the way those battle scenes work, but, uh, yeah, not worth 70 bucks, I, I would say buy it at 50, like, you see one for 50, I'd, I'd pay that. Um, I would say it depends on his attitude towards it. Yeah. If he's buying it to have it, uh, complete in box, I guess, it, I guess it's going to depend on how the quality looks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I would pay 50 bucks for it. Um, if he's that, that like getting that desperate to have it in his collection, upper 70s, 80s, if he really wants to splurge, whatever. Uh, but if you are somebody who just wants to have it, like a, like have it to have it, uh, like you're better. I mean, if you want to play it, you're better off just getting a ROM. Like the, I would not buy it if, unless you are a collector. Yeah. So I mean, and and uh, when I first looked it up, like I was seeing complete in box for like forty bucks. So it's obviously on the rise over the past year. So I mean, you might want to grab it while it's hot, kind of thing. So. Um, let's see. Um, we got some non-specific. Um, Cujo, would this game be worth playing if you never have? Does it hold up? I think we talked about this a little bit. I think it is worth playing from the this is where it all started standpoint, but I do not think it holds up. If that's a fair... Okay. I... uh... I kind of agree with you, but you can play this game like, I would for, say... for six maps and have complete understanding of the game, turn it off and move on with your life. 
Okay, yeah, that's where I was kind of going with. Like, yeah. maybe play, like, a little bit of it. If, especially if you're a fan of the genre, to kind of, I guess... Not that you would need an appreciation of where it came from, but I guess to just get an idea yeah. of uh, how much it's changed and how much it's stayed the same. Um, well, think about it this way. Like, this game would make an excellent mobile port. Like, you can save any time in any battle, and you can just play the entire game over the course of, like, a year, year and a half. Like, it would be excellent for that kind of thing. But to sit down and play it back to back to back to try and beat it in a month, not the way to play this game. Not even close. No. You can definitely tell it's a game of its time, though, because it's one of those things where if you... This is the only game you have as a kid, and you have nothing else to do but play, like, put time in it, then all those times where you, like, you start a new map, and you're like, oh, shit, I bought the wrong troops. Well, let me just fight and see how far I can get before I restart. And then take that knowledge and build upon it, is definitely more applicable than it is nowadays. Yeah, this is the type of game that a 12-year-old Brent would have had a notebook full of notes on as far as, like, beating each map because you can really get that kind of in-depth with it. So, um, last question here is from Menthian. Uh, he says, doesn't know if it's too late. It is not. Uh, but if you would remove or add one aspect of the game, what would that be? The ability to... Fucking skip battle scenes because I got real fucking tired of watching dudes chuck spears and hear that same generic Genesis male and female death sound. <laughs> I'm done with that. I didn't need that anymore. Also, probably would have cut the game about 15 hours if I could skip those scenes. What I would add is a motherfucking speed option, like Fire Emblem games have. Like a turbo. Like you can, like you can set the, everything, like enemy movement, like enemy turn. Mm-hmm. You can set it to like normal speed, double speed, quadruple speed, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Like just fucking crank that shit up. Nobody wants to watch a, an AI move shit. You know, like imagine if you could have cut all the like generic troop scenes and just kept like any of the scenes with generals or like special units in them, like. Yeah, there's so much they could do. They could have, like, saved themselves resources and time cutting oh, shit out. It would be it would be so much faster. Like, there's so much of the game that's just watching units move and scream on a map. So, but like, uh, if if I had another thing, I would add like an actual, like a, a, a like a, a map that shows units before you start an actual like a chapter, mm-hmm. so you can kind of prepare a little bit. But that's more of a convenience thing. Like an actual game impacted thing would be like cutting, like adding an option to remove the combat screens and speeding up the gameplay. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's 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 kind of like our overall opinion on the thing. Really, is like it's it's cool. Like it has a certain cool factor to it, but it is it is tedious and slow. So, that's 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 its major downfall to me. Is it's just speed and tedium. So, uh, our next review, not our next episode, but our next review will be Septera Core for the PC, released in 1999, so ought to get started on that. That also seems to have general good reviews out there, but so did this one, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, so did Star Tropics or some shit. That is true, That and we railed on Star Tropics. We, we did no mercy on Star Tropics, bro. So, uh... 
I guess that'll kind of kind of do it. Uh, you can go to the website, therpgshow.com. Links to the Discord and everything are there. Again, get in the Discord because they're going to play a big role in um, choosing at least one game we play next year. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast. Email the show podcast at the RPG Show.com. I think that's everything. I'm going to be the scum of the earth over here and be like, if you're going to buy anything from Amazon this holiday season, make sure you use the link in our uh, show description thing to give us a little bit of that kickback from Amazon. Doesn't cost you anything extra. It actually takes the money directly from Amazon. Yeah, fight the man. What was the other thing? Oh, five-star rating re- review, iTunes. Go leave one. doesn't have to be five-star, but anything I helps. Say, like, review it. doesn't matter. Just if you give it. us a, a one or two or three or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just give us – please give us a reasoning Yeah. so we can improve, always look, be improving. I'm not telling you to go make secondary accounts on iTunes and leave another five-star rating and review, but I am telling you if you're around a friend that has an iPhone, you can just kind of jack theirs and do it for them. So they can wonder, you know, way down the line why their phone's full of MP3 data that they didn't know anything about. But that's that's a problem for another day. That's, that's, there's a whole other solution that could occur right now. So let's go with that. And I guess until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Everybody goodbye.